Hey, how's it going everyone? This is Wasif with another episode of Soul Talk. This time we have Amy Gamage, a final year student studying Doctorate of Dental Surgery at the University of Melbourne. We get to be talking about self-reflection, making friends, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and a lot more. Enjoy. Alrighty. <laughs> Good evening, Amy. How are you? I'm well. I'm doing well. How are you, Asif? I'm very well. I just had a bit of a small holiday. Went up the mountains, explored uh, with a bunch of friends, had some fun. How how is like life coming along for you? What what's what does your day look like? And what have you been basically doing in the past couple of days? Yeah, so um, I'm still uh, in my dental dentistry course, um, but I officially started my break on Friday, so I've got a three weeks holiday. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> from then, um, just cleaning my room was a big thing. I started that today. There's still so much. Just to getting do. all the books away or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just cleaning yeah. the no, desk, absolutely. getting yeah. all the books organized. There's so much paper still everywhere. Um, and just finding ways to relax because now it's I'm on break I need time to relax and just stop thinking about uni absolutely um, yeah 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 it's really important so just um, what do you call it unplugging yourself from the university work and yeah. just relaxing yeah and um, exploring and working on yourself things mm-hmm. like that definitely that's fun um, so when does your university start again how long you said you mentioned the break is for three three weeks yeah three does that weeks. mean you go back to uni after three weeks or yeah work so or what? i have um because i'm in my final year of dentistry i have placement so we after three weeks i go back to a new placement which is actually at the melbourne dental clinic on swanson yeah, street yeah, so yeah, if yeah. You, yeah i've seen it <laughs> you're welcome to come if you have any uh, issues with your teeth um yeah, so I go there for four weeks, and then we have exams in mid-February, and then hopefully by the end of February I'll graduate and have find or find a job, have a job, um, and start my career as a dentist. That's awesome, dude. That's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, it still feels like a long way, but it's it's only two months, really. Absolutely, and. It's like time passes by so quickly. I don't like if you think of the long perspective. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be twenty one in the next ten days, and I don't feel I don't know where the twenty one years of my life went. It went <laughs> like that. The two months is not. It's just gonna pass very quickly. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's it's about the experience and the memories and things like that that you make along the way, mm, which you can definitely. like reflect back on in life that that really matters time just flo- fly flies by pretty quickly mm, it does i mean i'm 26 and i'm like i can't believe 26 years have gone in my life you know i've done eight years of uni from undergrad till now oh it'll be eight years and it and two months because of covid they pushed it two yeah, months yeah. more um but yeah I, and i don't realize how much has happened in my life and how many experiences i've had um, until I start talking to someone, say young, like get you, like someone younger than me, um, about what I've been through and my experiences in in university, and they're like, oh my gosh, I've experienced so much. Absolutely, and, dude. Even yeah. even if you, if I if I look at myself, um, like I'm I sometimes write in my journal, and 
sometimes I'm just going through a tough time or something good happens and I write about it and when some time passes say three months I literally forget about what I was going through earlier three months earlier but mm-hmm. then when I flip through my journal I'm like dude so much happened and so so many experiences I have uh, gone through in the past three months even though time has passed but those memories and in- instances that they're still there there's mm-hmm. still like something that happened mm-hmm. so it's like yeah absolutely and it's I think it's weird how you don't realize at the time but those experiences and moments somehow shape you absolutely you know, with you growing yeah. up or with you um, having some sort of perspective on life um, they really do mold you into the person you are today um, like for instance I, I did my uni my undergrad while living at home but I did you know I'm doing dentistry while living at college and it's such a different experience living with other college kids and you know constantly being able to interact with them talk with them hang out with them whenever you want because you all live together absolutely um, so like you can have lunch together dinner together um, and it's so nice whereas as opposed to like coming home at the end of the day and it's just your family there um, and they don't quite get you know what you've done during the day you can explain to them like oh I had a few lectures today and I did this in a lab or like I did this practical um, but there's not that same connection absolutely as like you could you could speak to your friend about it about about because there basically they can relate to you on a very different level your close mm. friends absolutely and um, you mentioned um, going to university for from home does that mean studying online or or what no it's um, so back in Auckland yeah. uh, New Zealand where I'm from I went to the University of Auckland mm-hmm. and I lived close enough so that I could just live at home and go to oh, uni every day yeah. yeah that must have been an absolutely different experience for you yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as compared to living living at the college, man. Mm. I mean, living at college is still really close to uni. Um, maybe it's just the size difference of New Zealand cities compared to Australian cities that a lot of people who live in their hometowns live far away from uni. So they often go flatting or go to college and they'll have such a different life experience compared to living at home and going to uni. Um but no, I've really valued living at college. I've made, during my four years here, um, made so many new friends and like friends have come and go because people are graduating. Um, and every year is so different as well, like meeting new people. Absolutely. Like I met you this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, literally like it's, and also like it's, it's ironic as well because we were in the same college for, I don't know, eight months and just on in the last couple of weeks before everyone was leaving that's when we actually met and that's when we actually had those big conversations earlier on it was just Mm. a wave or a high or something like that Mm. and I did not know you as a person and you didn't know me either so yeah I feel like it's that stepping like it's it's that I don't know like one part of it could be stepping out of your comfort zone and actually approaching someone to talk to them and try to find out about them learn about them and there's also an aspect of um what do you call it i guess like when you're older there's there's more of a want to connect to people rather than when you're younger in your teen years you're very shy um you have those insecurities about yourself like the insecurities that people will judge you immediately 
Absolutely. But as you get older, th- those insecurities start to diminish and you just want to get to know someone. You want to connect with someone. Um, so I think, like I remember in my high school or intermediate, as we call it in New Zealand, um, I only made friends because we were in the same class and we were in group activities together, but I wouldn't go out of my way to meet people. try and make yeah. new friends because yeah. I was really shy or very introverted. Um, so unless there were sort of activities going on, then I wouldn't um, actively try to make new friends, which in some ways I regret, but in some ways that was just how it, how it was. And I learned over time that, you know, if I... Um, participated say in mm-hmm. sports yeah. in arts dance drama those were all these opportunities to allow me to go out and meet people um get out of my comfort zone um and you like i don't realize that at the time but now sort of retrospectively looking back those are really important uh traits to develop absolutely and, and yeah, skills yeah, to yeah. develop um like you don't know that one event you're thinking about you're not sure if you should go there or not you go there and you meet someone who who's maybe the best friend in your life or maybe you meet just someone who's so special that you guys form a connection so you never know like you you might um meet someone in a place where you did not expect them at all mm-hmm. um an event or something like that so just you know it's it's like very important to actually push yourself out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. to go and meet people definitely like I met one of my best friends when I was 11 years old Mm. and this is like the start of a new school new classroom all these new people in the class new teacher we had desks for the first time um and I met this person who was she was so small (laughs) and I was like how is she so small dude you were so small as well you were like I was taller than her fine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she was the smallest in the class um, yeah. and her name was Emma and we just like hit it off. We found, we had a similar kind of humor, um, we would just laugh for hours for no reason <laughs> um, and we just built this friendship and it's still going for like, gosh, it's 15 yeah. years now? Well, yeah. Yeah. And we still like keep in touch and but we do, we have such different lives like She's working with um, the Department of Conservation back in New Zealand, whereas I'm like healthcare dentistry. But we still like we still keep in touch. We still try to communicate, have like call each other, um, and it's great. Like I think that's so important that we've maintained this friendship for so long. Oh, that's that's absolutely like amazing for me. Like um, like when I came to Hilda's in the beginning of of the year, so there was this event called the boat cruise, mm-hmm. and um, I was like very because I didn't know anyone at all in the college or anywhere in Australia anyone at all because um, I, I, I came as an international student with no one I knew so I was just yeah. it, I was just at the point where I was still integrating into the Aussie society and I didn't know how to speak properly the slangs and things like that so there was this boat cruise and I was like dude it's it's just I don't know if, if I'll even fit in how it's gonna be like mm-hmm. and like I personally don't drink right so for me mm-hmm. I, I was like since everyone will be drinking I, I won't be able to mix in with people I wouldn't be able to talk but then I was like nah it's gonna like I'll see what happens worst case scenario it's, is that I'll just go and be bored but the best case scenario is that I meet, might meet someone who might um, 
like become close friends with me mm-hmm. so with that in mind i just go there and like i imagined the same thing happened everyone was drinking and then since i wasn't and i was not very sure about properly speaking and just you know the the way everyone speaks i i wasn't like very comfortable with that so what happened what ended up happening was that i just grabbed my water bottle and i just mm-hmm. sat on a bench just looking at the sea <laughs> and then uh one of my friends matt he approached me and we were just he just start, he started speaking to me and then we were talking and talking and talking and from that point on to now i feel like we just formed this strong bond that is like very good even though he's back in sydney and he's just mm-hmm. going on like his, his he has his own life going on there but we still have like a very special connection mm-hmm. so i feel like yeah like um this one event gave me a friend that is close to me yeah um yeah so i can absolutely relate with your experience as well yeah like you you kind of go into it with such <laughs> low expectations but then you you kind of never know what's going to happen absolutely so it's always cool to just take those chances when you can Um, it's those opportunities that keep coming up and you mm-hmm. just need to grab them as quickly as you can yeah definitely um yeah and like what what we see with people our age and even like with the youth mostly is that a lot of people they what they do is they isolate themselves they they don't come out of their comfort zone a lot one thing that i've seen a lot of people struggle with is that they form an addiction it mm-hmm. could be in terms of drugs or it can be in terms of gaming even mm-hmm. i've seen like a lot of people who just because they're anxious of coming out of their room or out of their small bubble they develop an addiction for online video games or video games in general and it they use it as a barrier to protect themselves from the world and mm-hmm. they just they just isolate like i said isolate themselves and don't they don't pop out of their comfort zone to meet other people to make connections to um you know like actually come out and that that one aspect of their life starts to shape them as a person when they grow older they see like everyone has connections and know how to communicate and mm, talk yeah. and stuff like that but these people don't so it's, it's something like i feel like it's it's very important for the youth to recognize to to let go of things that are actually damaging their lives mm-hmm. so momentarily those things might actually give you comfort or might feel good but in the long run they're actually damaging your character um and you as a person mm. um yeah it is um and there are different ways people isolate themselves whether it's through gaming as you said or through addiction um you know finding things that make them feel safe and comfortable um and not judged um like for me during my high school I felt like I was starting to isolate myself because there were sort of family issues family dynamics happening in my life um that I felt other people other students in my class or at high school wouldn't understand so that so then that made me not want to talk to other people um or interact with them because I just felt like immediately immediately they would ask me questions about my oh, family and yeah. then immediately mm-hmm. they would judge me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I started to isolate myself during high school, but by isolation I mean just not interacting with people. I would eat lunch by myself or even in a group I just not talk to anyone. Um you know, do study during lunchtime rather than go out mm-hmm. and play. Yeah. 
um, I'd still have extracurricular activities like drama and music and sports um, but even then I wouldn't really talk to people about you know outside life or school life or home life I just keep it to the confines of what that activity was about um, but then over time I think with the start of university where I was out of home a lot yeah I was starting to see and um, experience other people's lives and that sort of gave me um, a, a way to communicate about myself and share my experiences and I found like wow there's so many similarities that I have with people that I didn't think I would have absolutely yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so even though isolation is very common with the youth and teenagers it could be something that you grow out of but I'm not saying it's you know something everyone will experience or everyone's going to grow out of yeah. um, it's important to try recognize that it's happening to you um, whether it's you like talking to your parents or talking to someone you trust um, saying things like oh, I don't go out that much or I have a hard time trying to make friends because of this and that um, yeah like they say the first step to solving a problem is actually to recognize it mm-hmm. yeah that's the most important thing and I feel like this a similar thing happened with me but like till grade seven I, I wasn't really into academics at all I was just the kind of loser kid in the class who does not study mm-hmm. at all mom is always like study 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 and I would just not study and I was just you know living life chilling <laughs> but sure. then in grade eight I felt like um, academically I got like very strong I I came at the top of the class in terms of wow. my results and things like that but now when I think about it I felt like I was using academics as a kind of an escape route mm-hmm. to um, the the problems and things that I was facing in my life insecurities and then the family dynamics and things like that so what I did was I ended up forming a friend circle that was very academically inclined and I just became close friends with them and I would like I would study to the extent that it started affecting my physical health Mm. like I was never um, similar to your experience going out in the what do you call it recess I would Mm -hmm. stay back in my class study go to teachers uh, ask study ask study um, things like that and all my friends that I had in that time were basically, um, what do you call it, in, in, in the same mindset as well. Like study was my most important priority, but like I agree that it, it should be. But then again, you should have also have a life outside of that. Mm-hmm. And try to make friends not just based on one particular thing. like if I look at the, my own example what what I was doing was basically I was just mad I was like if I don't get the first position or second like top three position in the class then I wouldn't basically be um, good or considered good because when when I when I was at the top of the class that is when I received praise from the teachers from my parents mm-hmm. and from everyone in the class so that just gave me a lot of happiness mm-hmm. but and also um, when, when, for example, a couple of times when I used to take my mom out for shopping and 
um, she would and I would tell her that we are going at 210 for example and we need to be back at 240 so you just mm -hmm. have 30 minutes to whatever you want yeah. and then um, I need to go back and study and when I would restrict her into like 20 minutes or 30 minutes of, of time and tell her to do everything that she wants to do in those 30 minutes she would literally crash she would be like I can't do it I can't pick things out when you give me just this much time and you just stand behind me and be like quick 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 do this do this do this do this mm -hmm. so because of that I felt like yeah I was just being inclined towards academics but that was being very toxic to my relationships um, my personal like relationships with myself and with the people around me Mm -hmm. So I felt I felt like um, I needed to change that, and that was only only after I came to Australia actually that I decided literally that um, there is also a life outside academics, and I need to meet people based on things I actually enjoy. Mm -hmm. And yeah, literally like getting out of my comfort zone. Do you think it's the I guess the cultural expectations with our type of cultures, um, South Asian or um, Pakistani, yeah, Pakistan. uh, so Sri Lankan Pakistani, um, where there's there's high there's high expectations with education and with the the kind of reward system we're given. Where if Absolutely. you do really well, then yeah. you get the praise. Mm -hmm. If you do really well and you you get sort of success, you get that praise from society or or from your the higher people above you. Um, whereas there's still a reward system through making new friends and socializing, which we're not really taught in school or in in our families. Absolutely. No, I think this isn't just a problem with Sri Lanka or Pakistan or places like that. I feel like this is the problem with the whole world. And in mm -hmm. a way, this, like, we are basically judged on the point scale as to how good we perform at skills uh, school mm -hmm. and that performance is going to determine if you're going to be successful or not so basically I, I just remember this um, picture on Facebook you probably must have seen it that if there were like four different animals and they were all asked to climb a tree for example a, a, a fish a lion a monkey or something else so monkey would just climb it easily while the others they cannot or it will be very hard for them to do so so basically what we we as in as as the world today are doing is we are basically judging every single person in the world based on how well he performs at school mm -hmm. which just does like finds out their the way they think and their analytical abilities but there there's a very vast criteria that that could determine how successful the person is going to be or not mm -hmm. and I feel like everyone is just very special in their own way and it's just not fair for the society to judge everyone based on how good they perform at school and parents I remember when I was in my college I I was what do you call it a prefect you know what's a prefect mm -hmm. so I was a yeah. prefect and there was a parent teacher meeting in my college and I remember um, there was two parents and a kid probably he must be around 17 or 16 and right. I remember that um, they just came out of the math room where they had a, a discussion with the math teacher and they mm -hmm. came out and the mom and dad were just 
so 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 rude with the kid they were just screaming at him and be like why didn't you do why didn't you pass the subject why did you fail and they were just and the kid was just standing there 16 year old just crying literally crying and he was like didn't know what to say and i just felt so bad for him i was like yeah. why are they doing that they should not do that so it's it's just how um the the education system has been shaped over the past years and it's it's like very flawed definitely it's it's like the negative reinforcement if you do bad then you get punished whether it's through words through physical punishment Absolutely. which i wouldn't want on anyone mm-hmm. but it does happen um gosh that that makes me go back to a memory when my parents were trying to teach me maths at home this was you know when i was in primary school um probably towards the end of primary school uh them trying to teach me my times tables and at the time i i wasn't being able i wasn't able to understand what they were trying to teach me or trying to say and they were still pushing me to you know basically saying like you should understand it it's so simple mm-hmm. yeah and then me sort of breaking down because i couldn't understand it yeah. and feeling like i let them down because i can't understand it so my life's going to be a failure i can't do this <laughs> um you know me at eight or nine years old thinking i'm a failure because i can't do my seven just times one, tables yeah, one math table yeah man literally no <laughs> similar experience i feel like yeah i feel like almost all of the children go through through something like that mm-hmm. and also i think because of this flawed education system is where the concept of cheating in exams comes from because since children are just so much forced to perform well in school mm-hmm. and the point comes where they're like dude we can't basically it's, they can't do it and since there's so much pressure from parents and the society and their peers teachers and things like that from the society as a whole that they get to a point where they they start to cheat just because just so they can perform well on one exam and then get get praised from everyone around them and that is itself very flawed like the way i see it is i think i was reading somewhere that the majority of your habits and how you're going to be in your 30s 40s 50s in your life is is going to be shaped by how you lived your life as um, a teenager or a young adult or things like that right. basically all these experiences which you have in your early early adulthood are going to shape what your next life looks like as in mm-hmm. when you grow older so if if you're adding cheating or lying and things like that and you're doing it in your early years then that's what you're going to be doing for the rest mm-hmm. of your life as well you may not have exams but in other areas of your life you'll be subconsciously may, might not even consciously but subconsciously using the same traits that you developed in early early years mm-hmm. and that's like very damaging as a whole to the society mm definitely and it's so difficult to change those habits when you get older absolutely yeah mm-hmm. i feel glad that i didn't develop those habits <laughs> like i i did i'm proud that i worked really hard to get where i am today um but there's still so much to learn and um Girl, st- yeah and there's that thing where as you get older it's it gets harder to learn and retain knowledge mm. um that you kind of want to find easy way outs yeah easy way out and an easy way out um but that's where the internet comes in everything's on google <laughs> oh, absolutely <laughs> you don't yeah. have to know everything um i was just thinking back to the idea where how the education is flawed and the idea of success 
our success is measured on how well we do in a particular activity or, or even how much money we earn Absolutely. in yeah, our yeah, careers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another part of it is how we portray ourselves on media. There's the idea of being, like being successful in life could be you showing off, you going on holiday or you showing off some clothes you bought and how dressed up and beautiful and sexy you look. Um, which is not, um, may not be an accurate portrayal of your everyday life. It just, it could be one moment in your life. Literally, yeah. But when, when someone else sees that, um, they think that, oh, this is what I need to aspire to, Mm -hmm. or this is what I should be working towards, especially young people when they see that. Um, and like it it builds up a lot of anxiety and depression mm, by, by, by looking at people because People just, like you said, post the best version of themselves, the best day, the best part of the day on social media. Yep. And someone having a regular life would just look at it, all the, like, people having a good time and be like, dude, why is my life so shit? Yeah. Whereas the, that, the, the person on the internet is just showing one little tiny aspect of their lives. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, like that, that just builds a lot of anxiety for younger people and people in general. Mm-hmm. Which is why, like, you need to get out and actually see people in real life yeah, not rely yeah, yeah. on technology and social media to live your life through yeah um, but it's hard because everything's online and we communicate with people online so everything i feel like the majority of our day is through some sort of technology interacting with some sort of technology and i'm trying to limit that like i'm trying to read more um if i'm talking to a friend i will call them rather than message them um yeah just like those tiny changes like yeah like tiny changes that you need to make and because at the end of the day there are people who use social media or the internet as a tool and there are people who use it as a way to pass their time Mm -hmm. so if you recognize there's like unlimited potential we are living in the 21st century the amount of connection that we can make with anyone sitting in any part of the world like that it was never possible in history before this time so if we if we recognize this and we use the internet in a way that would benefit us and Mm -hmm. the people around us we could literally leave a legacy how do you how do you teach that in class though because um i guess i'm older so i wasn't really taught how to use social media just you you kind of learn it along the way yeah but how do you tell or show teenagers now you know what to what to be careful of when they're going on social medias or sharing things on social media and what they what what kind of potential they have with social media how do you show i don't think because um like honestly i feel like at the moment no matter how good a child is performing at school they're not basically going to school because like some might but most of them aren't going because they actually feel really really passionate about going there they're just going there because they have to fulfill society's expectations Mm -hmm. become a better person and things like that but if we incorporate these kinds of things in 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 things which children actually enjoy like maybe having a social get-together of 14 year olds and then mentoring them and talking to about talking to talking to them about the problems they might face and how they can use the internet and like basic basic things i feel like if if we teach them in that way that would be very beneficial Mm -hmm. and 
um like yeah i don't think like you can teach things like that in school for example if you look at um the muslim community so recently because they something like this is not happening in pakistan and now when i came to australia i followed their pages and there's this thing called pgcc okay and what they're doing is basically they're targeting the youth and they're trying to develop skills in them they're trying to have workshops and events and things like that with the youth from 14 to like 20 and they're just getting them all together and having different workshops and events they're talking about islam but at the same time they're also talking about the culture internet drugs um entrepreneurship business things like that literally every aspect of their life that and answering like children's questions which they might have so i feel like if if there are communities and things in the western culture that would actually teach them kids teach children or the youth basically skills that would help them in their life um other than academia that would be like very beneficial and would actually encourage the child to do it not for the sake of the societal expectations but because he wants to learn himself and develop the skills that would actually help them mm-hmm. help him in, in in his life or mm-hmm. her life yeah like simple things say they they're starting a sports team at a school and they want to promote the sports team within the the school intranet for example they can build they can start building websites within the intranet and through that kind of te- technology education there's a way they can integrate media education or social media education with the kids absolutely yeah like as in um are you saying that um integrating all this education in the sports group somehow well, no in the in the school itself so for the kids as a as a class oh like having a separate class which talks about real life skills or something yeah. like that oh yeah, yeah. no absolutely yeah 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 so cuz i mean the internet as great and fantastic of a place it is it can also be very dangerous absolutely the idea of oversharing um especially when you're you may have a career on the line so i know like probably won't include this but like in the dental careers a lot of people now are promoting their clinics and their their work online so they'll have pictures of you know cases they've done where they've done full teeth rehabilitation or ma- full mouth rehabilitation they show before and after pictures mm-hmm. to kind of promote more people to come to their clinic or even to, for people to work at their clinic because they show like this is how good you can be or this is how good we can treat you um but the 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 harms are like the idea of consent around sharing those pictures um because their pictures are real people um even though they may not show the eyes or the the name you still need that consent before showing photos um the idea of like photoshop being such a prevalent thing so you don't know if they if what they're showing is the truth absolutely yeah absolutely um, actually real or not been retouched yeah. or yeah. anything yeah. Yeah. um and that goes with anything you share on the internet like any photos how you know can you trust what you see on the internet or read absolutely. on the internet and like today a lot of companies they're just tapping into this anxiety and not anxiety but tapping into this market where they're making people aware of the insecurities which they never thought existed and what that's doing is that it's 
it's beneficial for the companies but for the people it's just adding more anxiety and more problems to their lives for example like everyone's just talking about nose jobs and and people who who never thought about that their their nose was not properly shaped or things like that you just see an ad on social media or some someone getting a nose job and they'd be like oh man my nose is so imperfect and now like whenever they look in the mirror out of all the good things they would just focus on their <laughs> nose and and literally like that it like things like that and they would surround their lives around things like that mm-hmm. so um yeah so yeah why is it so easy to focus on the flaws and not like the positive things about ourselves i think it's especially as a young person like oh my gosh i have so much acne today or like my my clothes are too baggy on me or like you know you notice everything like if you look in the mirror everything wrong with you but you never you barely have the time to see the positive side of things like yeah i was just <laughs> listening to a podcast yesterday and it spoke about that your mind has different portions and each portion mm-hmm. is responsible for doing a different thing so it spoke about how youngsters have their frontal lobe or something like that mm-hmm. uh which is not very developed and frontal lobe makes rational decisions while there is a part of the brain called amygdala mm-hmm. or something like that which makes decision based on the flight or f- fright response flight or fright flight or fright response so in in youngsters the frontal lobe if i'm saying it right is not properly developed and most of your decisions that you you're you're making while you're in your um teenage years they're just based on the flight if it looks good uh it's good if it looks bad it's bad run away from it so um that i feel like yeah like um so because of that part i think that in your teenage years you're not able to make rational decisions you're just making decisions based on what feels like right or what looks right mm-hmm. and people just want instant gratification mm-hmm. and um because of all of that and also like your hormone levels changing fluctuating because of all of that i feel like um people just start caring so much about things which they shouldn't that much mm-hmm. what do you think yeah i think it's a very i think you answered that really well it's basically the right answer <laughs> it's a lot to do with just growing up and developing the brain developing obviously you're going through puberty so all these hormones are rushing around in the body and they affect how you think and how you view the world um so how do you like how do you get out of that i guess like from me uh, if you ask me i would say that um firstly you just grow out of it over time <laughs> but then um they say that the five most closest people to you the average of those people is you if you surround yourself with people who would encourage you to do the right things and would actually help you grow as a person they don't have to be older than you but they at least have to be like in the right mindset to do good so if you surround yourself with those kind of people i feel like um you would grow faster you you do grow at you do realize your mistakes in your life sooner mm-hmm. or later but if you want to do it quicker then you need to surround yourself with the right people 
mm-hmm. and the way like we earlier talk spoke about the way to find those right people is to actually get out of your comfort zone and speak to people and ask them questions and just you know try to try to meet people mm. and also i think it's important to not not be afraid to make mistakes absolutely because that's i mean that's another thing with education they teach you that mistakes are bad mm-hmm. so even mistakes whether it's in you know the the education side of things or the socializing part of things if you make a mistake you feel really bad about it but it's any mistake any fault should be a learning experience um you know you learn to not make the mistake again um whether it's you know you you realize a friend you've made has lied to you mm-hmm. that's was the you know was the mistake in making the friend or was the mistake in the relationship you developed yeah was it something else circumstantial um and you you try to learn from it rather than completely disregard it and move on um and i feel like i've gotten better at that as i've grown older um you know as my brain's developed and <laughs> <laughs> my hormones have settled down um i'm able to sort of think rationally and if if people make mistakes around me or if i mis- make mistakes around other people i'm much more forgiving of myself or those other people because i know that it's not something that's going to be ongoing and continuous in life though you know making those um same mistakes mm-hmm. it's yeah. something you can learn from and grow from and use and as an experience to change the way you do things absolutely like uh touching on the first point again um where you mentioned that the like when you perform bad in school that is 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 when you for example fail in a subject it just made in a way to make you feel bad and make you feel uh bad instead of making you learn from it mm-hmm. so um i think a couple years ago i was listening to a ted talk and it spoke about um that there was a survey conducted in the US on school children and there were there was two separate group of children who were studied from probably from different schools and in one group when the children failed they were given the fail grade or just fail whereas if in the second group when the children failed they were written not passed yet and they mm-hmm. added this one word yet mm-hmm. which and when this saw those children over time it turned out that the children in in the second group where there was the word yet not passed yet they performed better over time because instead of telling them that do take it you failed they told them okay you didn't do too well but you can do even better now because you haven't passed yet but you can mm-hmm. later so just because of this one word it just made the children feel good and not just focus on on the word fail mm-hmm. and improve over time like they say if you think if if i tell you not to think about a blue monkey all you're going to do think about a blue yes. monkey so if if i tell you that you're like if i if i give you a fail grade all you're going to think about is the fail grade yeah instead and if i give you something positive to think think about you haven't passed yet but you will pass if mm-hmm. i if i make you think along those lines you will definitely figure your way out of it mm-hmm. so i feel like this kind of mentality also needs to be integrated into the educational uh, educational what do you call it culture mm-hmm. 
the education system. Educationsystem.org. Yeah, I agree. That kind of encouragement is super important, especially for younger people to be able to know that making mistakes is a part of life. Absolutely. It's not um, a bad thing. Yeah. Um, yes, it doesn't feel good at the time, but it's something you can learn from. Like, I still make mistakes, you know, as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for example, I was, during my dentistry course, I was treating a patient and there's you know there's certain standards we have to or certain protocols we have to follow and I accidentally didn't follow those protocols which was you know in checking sort of stages of the treatment with my supervisor mm-hmm. and I'd finished the treatment with this patient and I dismissed them you know sent them back home because everything was all done and then my supervisor comes in and they say you know why didn't you check with me before you dismiss the patient and I was like, oh, sorry, I, I didn't realize I had to do that. But then in my mind, it's like, oh, actually, I, I knew I had to do that. But at the time, I'd just forgotten to do that. Yeah. And the supervisor had said, well, I'm going to be telling the, the manager and um, you may Whoa. get some demerit points for that. And, you know, that thing just stuck with me and I just broke down. I was like, N- I just couldn't handle it. And I was stressed at the time as well. Yeah. So this combination of stress and the circumstance of, not doing the right thing mm, according mm. to the, the protocols of our education and the supervisor emphasizing that, emphasizing the wrong thing I did rather than saying, yes, it's a mistake, so try to make sure you don't do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, she went you're full in and it sounded like she was going to so give me some sort of punishment for it. And for me, like when, when mistakes happen or I do something that's failed, I need to reflect on it and often I'll do like journaling or write about it or I'll just call up a friend and explain what happened even if the friend's not you know in in my course of dentistry they'll they'll be someone close to me and someone I trust and I'll tell them about it but the idea of sort of recounting the story whether it's through writing through telling someone is so important to be able to look outside and sort of as a, as a third person kind of point of view and see, yeah, yeah. you know, this has happened, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't have to happen again. Absolutely. And, and sometimes the problem isn't even too big. It's just this one tiny problem that you're just mm-hmm. focusing your mind, energy, body and soul onto it. Whereas if you look out from a third person's perspective or you actually tell someone else to look at your situation, you realize that, dude, the problem I was worrying about was just like so tiny and yeah, it wasn't so even minuscule worth minuscule in the grand literally. scheme of things. Yeah, yeah. And you're just putting so much, taking so much stress because of it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's understandable because at the time you're in that moment and it's so hard to get out of when you're just stuck in that moment and there's someone sort of towering over you telling you you've done something wrong and not encouraging you to realize you know it's a mistake but you can move and learn from it yeah absolutely um, yeah i mean I've, I've that's probably just one example of the many mistakes i've made <laughs> during my dentistry course yeah um but it's good because like over time i kind of enjoy making mistakes because i learn the most I, I enjoy sort of volunteering to do things you know in our first in dentistry in our first year of actually seeing patients or mm-hmm. learning to do the practical side of things yeah um for us we were able to perform 
local anesthetic on each other. So putting, on each other. Putting, yeah, putting needles into each other, um, which they, they don't do anymore. But it's such a good learning experience because it's, if you've never had, you know, the numbness in your jaw or around your teeth, you don't know what it feels like for the patient. Um, so for me, I was like, I'm going to volunteer and just be the, the guinea pig for this. Um, and that was just a great learning experience to see how how difficult it was is and yeah how difficult it is for the student trying to do it as well um yeah when was this this was in 2018 um so our second year yeah our second year of dentistry school um so it's first year is all you know foundations education things and then second year we get to actually go into the clinic practical side of things and see real patients and treat real patients for the first time um so it's very nerve-wracking um but we have those opportunities to kind of practice on each other um and that was one opportunity which was giving each other local anesthetic (laughs) (laughs) dude now i'm too scared of going near injections i don't think (laughs) i could do that now i'm just that's right the, the way the gums are made it just I'm like, how how deep do I need to go? It's like it's just like <laughs> skin on the side, and if you go too far, you might come out on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> just I just think of that. Um, yeah. Don't worry, we're we're fully trained. We know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot of notes around your room, like little yeah. reminders everywhere. Yeah. Do you? I used to um, the five p.m. one is for Ramadan because. Oh, yeah. I had to wake up and the blanket one was that I realized that I only am able to get out of my bed after my prayers like stay outside is after is only if I fold my blanket and just stash it somewhere else mm-hmm. because if I see a blanket and my bed <laughs> then I'll just go back to bed yeah. so just a reminder telling me that I need to keep my blanket away fair enough yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just like this tiny little experimenting what works what doesn't mm-hmm. um yeah it's a really tidy room though <laughs> <laughs> it just became tidy before you came here like it <laughs> oh, was tidy but just things were a bit here okay. and there like I, I I've been trying to keep my room very tidy because I recently read somewhere that the state of your cupboard or your room reflects what's going on in your mind so if things are just lying around here and there that means that you probably don't have a good mental state Mm. and when that happened that is when i start to self-question and i try to find out what's not working what's going right what's going wrong and that really helps and i feel like people should do that especially like younger people they should self-reflect more and not just base their lives around what other people perceive of them mm-hmm. for example what they do on social media they, they post like generally most people are just living their lives on the basis of how other people are going to perceive of them and they're not actually seeking contentment they're just seeking people's approval of doing things mm-hmm. and people who actually get out of that cycle are able to think in a different manner Mm. if that makes sense I think that self-reflection is really important to be able to 
not only um, I guess critically view yourself mm-hmm. um, but also like praise or even you know realize what you're doing wrong um, for yourself you know you don't need the gratification from other people all the time absolutely um, for example like I'm on holiday I'm so happy on holiday now I have three weeks of holiday and that's a it's a good thing um, but at the same time I'm still there's still at the back of my mind this worry and this mindset of needing to study because I still have exams in February so I should be doing something useful with my time um, or you know I haven't exercised enough so I should be exercising every day um, and I also get those reminders from my mum be like have you exercised today it's like, no <laughs> you need to be exercising every day <laughs> um, or eating healthy or you know doing my laundry um, or like the education side, studying and looking for jobs, um, getting my, getting prepared prepared for the exams coming up, or um, the other sort of administrative side of dentistry. Um, like I would say that, um, like all that you're facing right now is some aspect of stress, and when stress could be like in our lives we just see stress is a very negative thing if someone is stressing we would say that dude they're experiencing something very negative Mm -hmm. but think about if there was no stress at all then would you actually be improving or going further in your life if there was no aspect of stress so i feel like stress does really impact your life in a positive way as well which people don't recognize Mm -hmm. it can motivate you and push you to actually get things done um but it's all it's I guess the the important thing is the balance. Having Absolutely. that balance in yeah, your life. Yeah, yeah. You need to realize when to take stress and when not to. Yeah. Like, I think it was... I was listening to something about Buddhism and they said that... Um, I'm not sure if it's Buddhism or something else, but Taoism, mm-hmm. I can't recall. But it said that your mind should be like water. And, for example, if there's a tub of water and you throw one pebble into it, the water is going to splash but if you throw a bigger rock into it there's going to be a lot of water coming out mm-hmm. so water knows when to take more stress and when to take less stress if okay. a bigger problem hits it it takes more stress if it's something very small it doesn't react much so the same way our mind should be like water if there's something that is not very stressful is just something very little we should not take too much stress that it starts affecting our lives mm-hmm. and we should just you know learn to manage our stress better and i feel like that only comes from experience and Mm -hmm. as you grow older yeah um, definitely the little like you i tend to stress over the little things i I found that i would stress over little things a lot more when i was younger mm -hmm. um like assignments getting them in on time or um making sure i was organized for an event um, like a dance event or drama mm, event that mm. I had, um, whereas the bigger things were often exams um, or like family gatherings, um, you know, the more important events in life. But then you, as you grow older, you, you're able to pri- prioritize those kind of things in your life and, and, yeah, manage your stress better. But you do slip up from time to time, and that's okay because 
um, you're human. You're not perfect. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> your life, like growth is not always linear. It's like bumpy, mm-hmm. like this. It's a sign curve. Or a it's a sign curve, <laughs> but in a op- in a positive direction upwards. Okay. So yeah. there's like ups and downs in your life, and um, that's like what's in a way very special about it, that because I think that if there were only ups in your life, or if there if your life was just constant. And there was no downs in your life, then you wouldn't feel the difference between an up and a down. It would never, you know, feel better. You would just have a constant mood or a good mood until and unless you have a bad mood, you don't realize the importance of how good you can feel in another um, instance. Mm. If that makes sense. Would you say that you need to be able to feel sad to feel happy? In a way, in a way, in okay. a way. If you never, if you never felt sad, you wouldn't realize how good it is to feel happy. Okay. You were just, you know, on on one one state of mind. Mm. What so. about um, you need to well, you you may have to experience death of some way in some form to be able to understand the value of life. Death, death. That's a big question. Absolutely, but uh, like death and life is just connected. I see. I think mm-hmm. death is life and life is death. We just see people around us, trees and things around us. We see that, for example, a tree um, right is green, the but then it's it's brown as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you, we think that it's only happening to things around us, but we don't realize we're we are in the same line or we're in the same tra- trajectory, but we, we, we also are a part of nature. Mm-hmm. And we are also growing older and we could die firstly any moment but other than that if we have a healthy life or whatever we would we would we are actually just every second just getting us closer and closer to death so we're just part of it we're Mm -hmm. not separate from it death is us and we are death if that makes sense yeah i think that's a it's a good way to look at it um i think yeah it doesn't it means that you don't have to worry about it or yeah you shouldn't be worrying about it because it's it's it is what it is man you can't you can't change experience it experience of life <laughs> yes absolutely mm, I was thinking about like experiences in life what you know is there is there a list of things you want to do before I die you die <laughs> yeah mm. like a bucket list or you know things you want to get done you know big things like um, get a job and some money buy a house have a relationship have a family I don't know honestly I feel like um, like although I do have plans about certain things that I want to happen but then again I don't know like I'll be pretty contented if I die right now I mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah literally like I feel like if I knew I was dying tomorrow i wouldn't like really actually change a lot of things in my life okay um that's very interesting yeah i would be myself and just be happy and i just want to be i just want to die when i'm not sad (laughs) (laughs) like i want to be happy when i die and i feel like um death is not something that worries me that much Mm -hmm. it's just it is about it is gonna happen sooner or later it's just a truth they say that life is a blissful 
lie and death is a bitter truth something mm-hmm. like that so um people just try so hard to not look older by going through a lot of medical procedures they start to take a lot of um supplements like i remember the other day i was listening to this woman called litsley something and she was talking about that she went to a place and there was a guy who was just boasting about how he takes 150 supplements a month or a day so that he can live longer and um the woman was just like what the hell is wrong with him um he doesn't know that he's just too scared about death that he's not even living properly mm. and he's just focusing so much on one like death that he's he's not like really contented inside and you just need to unplug yourself from that aspect and live in the present mm-hmm. i think yeah easier said than done sometimes not true that yeah it's um Like I'm thinking back to sort of if you're you know, 15, 16 years old and are you how do you try to live in the present when you've got so much pressure on you and stress with school or from family um and these expectations to say finish school and go into university and for some people like they really try to plan out their whole life from when they're a teenager like I know some people at college who've done mm-hmm. that and mm-hmm. you know what they're doing it's it's working like they've got a whole plan set in mind but if there are sort of variances or changes for example covid um they're able to make adjustments to their plan um and there are other people like myself who you know who have a, a general plan in mind to have a general career of, um planned out yeah but other things you know I try want to I want to try let them happen as they happen and I want to try live in the moment when I can. Um but yeah, it's definitely easier said than done. No, absolutely. You, you and that's that's why that's why you you need some need a mentor actually. You need oh, yeah. someone who who has experience like if you take an example of this podcast if someone 15 or 16 year old is listening to it, he would probably consider us mentors because we have had the experiences and we've had problems in our lives which we got over the hard way and we can use our experiences to help them so i feel like the aspect of mentor is is very important and people that age need to have someone who they can look up to who would be able to tell them when they're doing wrong or right because not everyone has parents honestly like we should be very grateful and happy that mm-hmm. if we didn't have anyone else to tell us what's bad and what's right we at least had our parents mm-hmm. like we do have instances when when our parents were um in a way not very right with us that they in 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 their from their perspective tried to discipline us but if if you look at it now it wasn't very fair that they hit us or they scolded us but then again it was their way of mentoring us mm-hmm. so i feel like now that we recognize that there needs to be mentors it's it's in a way our responsibility to um be mentors to people who we can mentor and help them overcome problems which we overcame the hard way or through experience mm-hmm. um yeah definitely 
Yeah, so things like isolating yourself is... It's it's an experience that you may go through during your teenage years, but it shouldn't be... Um, it, it can be something you grow out of, but you should try your best to get out of it as well, whether it's through making friends, talking to people, um, finding things you're interested in as well, like finding what your passions, where your passions lie. Absolutely. Um, and just connecting with people through that way. Like, um, I know it, it might be hard when you guys are young and everyone is just following their instincts and whatever just feels good, they do it. Yeah. And you don't, like, rationally think about the do the, the wrong and the right. In, in that point, I know, like, it is hard, but then you need to realize that you'll get out of it. And firstly and secondly, um, you need to have someone you can look up to a mentor. And other than that, just, you know, stay put and keep working on yourself and people around you make stronger connections better your relationships with people because um, in your hard times when you're sick or things like that people who are the closest to you will actually come and help you and not those who just speak to you because they need like some sort of benefit out of you um, yeah mm. So it was amazing speaking to you today, Amy. I had a wonderful time. So did I. I learned a lot through this conversation. Oh, so did I. I I learned that you read a lot and listen to a lot of other podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much, and I'll hopefully we'll hopefully have another podcast soon, and I'll be happy to host you again. Um, Thank you so much. I'm honored. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Bye.